0: I'm Josh Cooperman, and this is Lone Star House of Design, a podcast about all things design and architecture from the great state of Texas, with a panel conversation featuring some of the biggest names in American design today, and all from Texas. The following conversation is part of the wellness and design leadership series, presented by Thermosol, and you are not going to want to miss a single moment of this one. I met Kyle Bunting through my friend and amazing publicist, Andrew Joseph. He introduced me. Technically, he reintroduced me to Kyle, with whom my last contact was not direct, but through designer Christopher Kennedy, who designed my small space, big style design house in Hollywood, California, which, which featured a stunning Kyle Bunting rug. Kyle is producing some of the most stunning rugs in the world, all from his studio in Austin, Texas. The work is absolutely groundbreaking and the highest art form you can you can possibly imagine and has turned the Hyde rug, the original luxury item into an art form, unrivaled and completely original. After my conversation with Kyle, he said, let's do something really cool. And we set up this conversation and he invited three of his good friends and incredible guests to join for a group chat about the state of design in Texas. This group includes Fern Santini. Santini's work is completely original. It's bold and refined with a wild streak that is unmistakable and absolutely wonderful. Fern's use of furniture, color, and materials blends design into a handcrafted sculpture of space, materials, and light. Lauren Rote. Roté is the complete designer, and I mean that with the highest possible praise. She's an architect, interior designer, furniture designer, and art curator, founding principal and president of Roté Studio, a global design firm. I could list her accolades, but there would be no time left for the conversation itself, so we'll leave it here for now. Jan Showers. Showers is another world-class designer from Texas, and I, I don't use this term lightly at all, her work is elegant, unique, and layered, like 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 an impasto at times, glazing others if she were working with oil paints. Her space is artfully placed and, and painted to create a multidimensional environment that, to me, has always been the true essence of incredible design. So I could go on, but I won't because the following conversation really does speak for itself. This is Lone Star House of Design with an episode we're calling An Afternoon with Kyle Bunting and Friends, featuring Jan Showers, Lauren Rote, and Fern Santini, part of the Wellness and Design Thought Leadership series presented by Thermosol. Are you subscribing to the podcast? If not, please do. So you get every episode automatically as soon as they're published. You can also find Convo by Design everywhere you find your favorite podcast episodes. And now you can find us on designnetwork.org, a destination dedicated to podcasts, all things design and architecture. So make sure to check it out. This is Lone Star House of Design and... It's funny, that as soon as I hit the little red button, then I just get all choked up at the gravity of, of this group in front of me. Um, I have design royalty here. And for this, I am so thankful. I have said this before, I will say it again. I started Lone Star House of Design to showcase what I think is, is often overlooked and that Texas is a world-class design destination. And if you didn't believe me now, Uh, Over the next hour, you definitely will. With that, um, I had Kyle on the show a while back and we started having this conversation. And I said to Kyle, you know what I would really love to do is I would love to, to really put a design royalty conversation together. He said, hey, man, no problem. Chips and queso. I will set it up. And wouldn't you know it? He absolutely did. And so what I'd love to do is start with, I'm going to throw this over to Kyle. Kyle, would you introduce us to this esteemed panel?
1: Oh, I'd be happy to. Uh, Josh, thanks for having us. When this conversation came up between you and I, you know, instantly I thought our beloved state has some unique uh, geographic areas to it. And I thought, you know, the city of Houston's our largest and it carries its own weight and so does Dallas, and obviously so does Austin and San Antonio and so many of the other areas that we're all familiar with. But when uh, you asked me to pull a few people together, I thought, well, in the Texas design community, there's only so many people that are known on a first name basis. And if you're in Houston, and you're talking design, and you say Lauren, or in other places, almost everybody knows who you're referring to. So we asked Lauren Rote to join us, who's the founder and owner of Rote Studio. And when we started thinking about Dallas, I've known Jan now for almost 20 years, and I adore her and her work, and, and, and no one can represent Dallas design better than Jan Showers. And uh, Austin is my hometown, and for 15 years now, one of my very dearest friends and someone who I think epitomizes the keep Austin design weird uh, mantra is my beloved and dearest friend, Bern Santini. So I'm I'm not i uh, sure how to
2: take that, <laughs>
1: <laughs> but uh, her work is uh, is world class in all its own. But I was honored to be able to ask them, and I was uh, I was humbled that they said yes. So I'm thrilled we got us got us all together. And thanks for having me too. By the way, uh, absolutely, it's it's my pleasure.
0: So with that. Um, I, I want to throw out sort of the the first the first topic and the first idea having lived in in Texas for nine years, having family from Texas and coming back to Texas, being blessed to be able to come back and 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 enjoy it you know more than once a year what i what I think people don't understand both in and out of the design community is that Texas really is not a state, it is a republic. There is an attitude that that comes from being within within the state of Texas. And Jan, I want to I wanna throw this one out to you first. What is it about Texas and design and architecture within Texas that is both so misunderstood and so wonderful in that it differs so much from city to city, from community to community? Um, First of all, thank you for doing this. And and what is it about Texas that makes it such a, such a wonderful design destination?
3: Well, Texas, first of all, is very diverse, which I love. And I think sometimes we're thought of just as a red state. And that's so not true. Um, we're not just a red state. And um, I don't want to get into that particular subject. But uh, anyway, oh, come on. <laughs> well, <laughs> and I get into it all the time. But anyway, we're on the same
4: side, though. <laughs>
3: uh, yeah, but it's great that it's diverse, and each city is so different. And I've done projects in all these cities, and I've never done a project in San Antonio, I have to say, uh, but I have done Houston and Austin and Dallas, and I love all these cities. I mean, they're but they're so different. I mean, I don't even know where to start. I wanna say that Texas as a whole is very, very known as a design as a design center, because we started out here in the fifties. Uh, the pros did, uh, Trammell Crow started out with a design center, that the old deck center, we call it the decorative center. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you something, Texas is, and when Kips Bay decided to do one more city for New York and Palm Beach, Gibbs is the biggest show.
1: I think oh. we lost Jan
0: a little bit. Lauren, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come down to you um, because so much of oh, the yeah. work you do is international as, as well as, as regional with, within Texas. Um, th- thoughts on that, how, how Texas really is sort of similar, yet, yet different from other major world-class cities where you do your, your work.
2: Yeah, and I think my viewpoint is a little bit different from Jan's because Houston did not really have such a design center. And in fact, it still doesn't have what Dallas has. So, you know, when I come up to Dallas, I'm just thrilled to be able to go through all those different shops. We're getting them, Houston's finally getting them, but it's, yes. it's been slow. But you know, the interesting thing about um, Texas is that fast backwards five years ago when people would say, why do you live in Houston? Oh my God, a designer lives in Houston. And I'm like, you know, a better place to live than to visit. You know, why don't you come and enjoy it? And the truth of the matter is Houston and Dallas now, too, it's probably the third largest art center, you know, in, in the nation. There's New York and there's Los Angeles and then there's Houston and Dallas. And, you know, we have amazing museums in Dallas, Fort Worth and amazing art collections with the MFA and the d and, When I first came back, I grew up here, of course, and when I first came back to Houston from Los Angeles, you know, thinking, oh, my God, here I come. I'm going to be wearing beige pantsuits and, you know, blah, blah. (laughs) I found myself the very first week at a dinner sitting between Robert Rauschenberg and uh, the then Um, director of the museum and I'm like okay this is not so bad this is a pretty cool city so it's kind of Houston is definitely still waters run deep and I think that's Texas in general we brag but we don't really brag we keep our beauty we we understand what we have and we don't really have to brag about it because it's there but uh, there's intense designers intense artists it's it's pretty deep when it comes to design Dallas more known than Houston Houston's starting to be known Interesting, you
0: say that, and I want to come back to that in a second. But jumping over to Fern, um, when Kyle and I first spoke, I was I was mentioning to him that that Austin really is one of one of my favorite cities in the world, and I'm, one of the one of the things that I love most about it, as you will find in much of Texas, except for Dallas. I lived in Dallas, and I can tell you this is not really the case. But Austin is one of those cities where there there has been a concerted effort to save iconic architecture, to save iconic design, to keep it a little bit weird, a little bit funky, yet there is certainly one foot firmly planted in the past with eyes on the future at all times. And I feel like design and architecture within Austin really does have that, that combined love and joy and spirit where you respect the past and also look optimistically towards the future.
4: Well, and I think one thing for me, I've, I've been in Austin for uh, since the mid-70s. Um, I grew up in a small town close to Houston and left and I've been here ever since. And it's changed so much. But I've had a love affair with this town for so long. And what what I fell in love with, I think, is still here, even though it's, um, it's different with all the people coming in. And some of that's been a, a great change, actually. I mean, when I first moved to Austin, there were enchiladas and chicken fried steak and that was it and now we have this culinary center I mean we just the food scene here is amazing the wine scene here is amazing the art scene is and artisans and local artisans that do amazing work is just burgeoning Um, I'm hoping that we can with Austin it seems like everyone is moving in here and I'm hoping we can hang on to what I think attracts young creative people to Austin is still this celebration of diversity. It was here in the seventies and it's still here. It's creative diversity, gender diversity, sexual diversity, whatever kind it was kind of, you know, everybody was accepted. And I think um, as long as we hang on to that, it still attracts young creative people and it'll still keep Austin a little different than everywhere else is. I mean, it is, it's its own, it's, its its own thing here and a lot of that has to do with um music and this feeling coming from the 60s and 70s of that we don't have to play by the rules here um and i think some of that is is really great if we can still hang on to that um then then i'll still love to be here but it's it's definitely changing the the plus side of that is in the 70s, it was incredibly provincial. It was a tiny town, even though there were 100,000 people here. You couldn't get a job here unless you worked for the university or state government. Everyone would graduate and cry that they had to leave, but there were no jobs here before tech happened, before um, – you know, Bobby Inman and all of that happening before Michael Dale was building computers in his, you know, we had Michael Dale building computers in his dorm room and Tito making bike in his fraternity house. Yeah. <laughs> so it just turned out really great for both of them <laughs> and for the city at large. And so all the tech that comes here comes here because there is this amazingly educated workforce um, that can still, you know, make all of those those businesses want to be here. So I'm I'm hoping that the, the provincial part is gone because we have su- such a, uh, a smattering of people from around the world uh, and with a different worldview, sure. which I think helps everything. So, and it for sure helps the design and the architecture end.
0: Absolutely. One thing I will say, I, I, I remember vividly after I met my, my beautiful wife and she took me for the first time on a road trip. We went, we went from LA to Texas and I remember vividly going through El Paso and seeing a sign on the side of the road that said, Don't mess with Texas. And I remember thinking, because I was in advertising at the time, that is a really great ad, because it's an ad for the Texas Department of Transportation. It wasn't until a little while after that that I, I learned it wasn't an ad. It was it was a warning and it was a word of caution. And oh. um and that is true and within within the borders of texas there is there is a a very little very low tolerance for bs and telling texas or texans how they can do what they do or what they can do uh and because of that we find ourselves in a place regardless of where you are politically where you fit on the spectrum what you're Personal views are doesn't really matter because Texas is open for business. And really seeing firsthand how this has affected my friends in the industry, it's been hard. Um, Y'all work so hard to do what you do. I I view you as visionaries, right? As futurists and as crucial critical workers because you're making the lives of the people of your clients better. With that, I'm curious, and, and Jen, I'll come back to you. How do you feel about being the, the, the first region that is back open for business fully as of today? What is it? It's m- March 11th. You're doing business full speed. How does that change what you're what you're doing or does it?
3: OK, well, I am still requiring masks in my showroom. I have a, a 6,000 square foot showroom and uh, I think Bernie and Lauren are both familiar with it. In the design district, and we are still. Everyone in my office doesn't want to come to work because we have people coming in all the time, and we just don't want. uh, We we feel like another couple of months is going to be better, and then we're going to look at it again, May the first, and see what we think. But we are requiring masks, and we'll provide masks for people. So, am I happy that it the state is completely open? Uh, You want my honest answer? Um, I'm, I'm not, um, I feel like it's a little early. I think we're doing great and we need to keep doing great before we take this big step. I understand why everybody wants it open and I know how Texans are and I get it, but I just think we're gonna see some an uptick now and that, that's what worries me. I'm very, very concerned. You asked for my honest opinion and that's it. Now, as far as doing business is concerned, I had one of the best years I've had last year. So, because we have a three-pronged business, we have uh, the design business, which is also incorporated with my antiques business. And that's what's in the showroom primarily. And then I have my furniture collection, which is in showrooms. Uh, but, um, you know, everybody still wants to be careful in Dallas. I've noticed, I can't tell you how many notices have been in the paper. And I don't know, Fern, if you and, Lauren totally the same here. Yeah. I mean, people are saying and this is something you really need to know. Most private businesses are saying, and the governor has said, you know, we can do we can say this, we are we are still requiring masks. And I think that's happening most places now bars and things I think it's going to be a free all, But, you know, I'm going to do my drinking at home, I think.
0: Lauren, how do how do you do how do you do business? How do you how do you operate a firm in in this environment? And, and it's it's been tough, right? Did you think it was going to last this long? Because because I certainly didn't. How do you how do you run a firm in this environment?
2: Well, you know, it's it's a good question. I was panicked, honestly. March a year ago, I was panicked. I thought, oh my god, you know, the world's falling apart. I had no idea that we would literally not skip a beat when we all went home and worked from home. You know, we I had been anticipating something happening in 2020. Certainly, I didn't know this. I just thought, you know, what goes up must come down. Maybe there's going to be a recession. Who knows? So I had done some belt tightening and we had put some um, technologies in place and different things. But, you know, when I thought, oh, my God, we can't come into the office. Everyone's working remotely. What are we going to do? and it just kind of it just kind of went off without a hitch it was sort of amazing now we did have as you say, we work all over the world. And we did have a few projects go on hold. Uh, We had a couple start, though, we got some new projects and all of this and the residential, it's no secret all over the world, all over the nation, residential design is up, you know, retail sales for the home are way up. You know, everyone's sitting at home going, what do I do? I picked up some residential clients, and we don't do as much residential as you guys do. But we picked up some residential clients. And So it's been really interesting. But the funny thing or the thing is, is that, you know, office wise, and we also do office design, that is a that is, in my opinion, that even though hotels are incredibly hard hit, hotels will come back, offices will never be the same again, never. Because everyone's like, whoa, this is great. I can work from Aspen, ski in the morning, work all afternoon, you know, do whatever I want. I can, you know, work from wherever. It'll never be the same. And so everyone's rethinking what is the office world going to be like? Why do you go to an office? Why do you need one? How big should it be? What should be in it? So that's the whole new game that I'm seeing in my business. And it's quite fun. I sit on a monthly um, sort of um, think tank with King Kuma, the Japanese architect and a, and a uh, engineer from Overup. And we talk about what, you know, the future of the world and how COVID has changed things and how we should not go back to certain things and what we should really have learned from it, which is cleaner air, better environmental qualities, better conditions. I'm sort of sidetracking, sorry about that. But there are a few things that I think we've learned that we need to put into play in the future. And, um, but honestly, work went on as usual. And I've been working remote. I have Los Angeles, Houston, and New York office. So I've been working remote for 25 years. So for me, it was same old, same old. But um, I somehow still wanted my people to come in and sit at their desk, But now I realize they don't have to either.
0: <laughs> Isn't that funny? Uh, Fern, I'm, I'm interested in your take on this, too, because being in Austin, you still have government workers. You still have a, a major university in the middle of town, those things can't really change that much. But you've also got, out out in Round Rock, you've got this amazing technology hub that is in the midst of solving for all of these issues. And I'm curious, between the office space and use, as well as what people have now done to modify their home office, homeschool environment, what what have you seen? What have you been asked to do?
4: Um, you know, we don't do commercial work at all. I'm just I did one project years ago. I'm just not cut out for it. I, I like being right in the big fat middle of who's going to live there. And I, too, when I sent <laughs> everyone home a year ago, um, I was in the middle of this project that Kyle's a project partner on that where I'm building a house. It's completely furnished with some things in it from Jan. <laughs> um that's for sale. I mean, turnkey, high end, curated um, things I bought all over the world. And I thought, oh, I'm going to be bankrupt. This is not going to be good. I just it's be awful. Um, I really was so afraid and I have nine employees and I sent everyone home. I thought, OK, we're just going to see how this works. And, you know, just and it, it just we just kept going. We literally kept going. We all learned how to do Zoom calls. We all learned how to work off of Slack, except for me. I'm not great at it. They have to put it on there and then I look at it, <laughs> but it it still worked. The thing that didn't work was all the deliveries we get
1: yeah.
4: were coming to my house <laughs> and <laughs> I, it was, I was inundated. I'm already inundated with all the stuff for Meadowbank. Um the, the first thing that we noticed after the, after the total fear factor wore off of the, the really sheer panic was that the traffic was amazing. You know, that no, was it wasn't the, that fabulous. <laughs> no traffic. Oh my gosh! It was like, wow, this is like 1975. I mean, it was <laughs> you know, just, and, and now it's back to pre COVID, you know, nobody's staying home. Um, we are also, I mean, Austin being, the blueberry and the pie still, I think the predominant, the, the predominant um, thing here will be that everybody wears a mask. I think uh, for the most part it's every business owner I know is still requiring it. It's like, it's not that hard to do the right thing. You know, look out for people until we get over the hump here. We're not, we don't have that far to go. Um, So we're still requiring it. Um, And, you know, I think what happened instead of everything cratering is the residential market just went berserk. And along with tax policies on the West Coast, the East Coast, and in the, in the center of the country, and Texas has no income tax, all of a sudden, everyone is looking for where do they want to be? And, you know, I'm talking to realtors that are, you know, based in New York and LA that have global clients, and their number one focus for their, for what people are looking for is in Texas, which is, I mean, amazing to me that people in the Far East are looking for real estate in Texas. So, um, hopefully, we can all hang on through that. I think that's going to be a crazier ride, um, and hopefully, we'll all we'll all stay smart and be kind to each other and get through the rest of this pandemic. I definitely think it'll change the way people get together. I think that, and then I, I walk downtown and I walk by a bar in Austin and it's like, it's like nothing happened, you know?
1: So, You know, Josh, we, if I could chime in here, I, I, I we kind of had a, a little bit of a, a different experience and you and I talked about this in a conversation we had um, and echoing something Lauren said, it was almost a year ago we received a notice from the city of Austin and, and the county that we were to you know, shelter in place. And I I don't have, a. I have designers, but we're a manufacturer. And at the time we had, let's just say 30 employees, but 16 people come to work every day and touch material, crawl around on tables and put stuff together. Um, And, you know, it was really interesting. We had to find what I'd like to call um, creative loopholes um, there were some inventory related legislation where you could continue some things that were in process. Um, we've got a 20,000 square foot studio. So 10 people could really spread out and have 2000 square feet worth of space, you know, to do a project and be wearing a mask and be very distanced. So for us, we, we wore masks and we were very spread out, but I think um, what we're seeing now is, you know, we're, we're back full tilt, obviously, and we're still masked in the offices, but in our production spaces, we have a little more flexible liberties because we have to be in the same place together. These people cannot build rugs at home. They have to be in here. So we kind of navigated it. And I I think that uh, our business was very healthy last year, but I think, um, I I hope uh, I'm with my colleagues. I think that there's a, a little bit of liberalization in the, the mass policies, probably not a little bit early, but at the same time, I think um, it echoes uh, what I would say about the state of Texas design earlier, which is really about independence. And I think about making wise decisions and choosing to be smart, and also at the same time, choosing different resources and innovative things to use in projects. You asked about what, what made design in Texas different, and I think independence is a big deal comfortable to use resources from anywhere in the world in any kind of way and and we're very independent people and um i just hope that independent streak is also thoughtful about others and makes wise decisions through this because uh we're we're, hopefully we'll stand strong and do that we tend to usually do our best and we're given given some uh credit for thinking wisely through the moray
0: yeah, and you know it's really interesting to me because as I'm as I'm listening to this conversation and and really Fern, you know, in in listening to what what you were saying too about what's happening now, I, I think it's it's interesting to sort of look back a little bit and realize that Texas has started to get all this attention, an HGTV show taking place in Waco, and it brings all of this new, att- <clears throat> new attention to. Waco, in in particular, which people were not thinking about Waco as a design forward city, right? Uh, then you're thinking about Texas, which is all good. One, you know that that's not really design. That's more decoration and you know doing some fun things with a. That's not really high style and design. At the same time, isn't that isn't that a good thing for? The work that everybody's doing to bring more attention. Like I can give you one example. So I first was introduced to Kyle and his work on producing my first ever design house here in Hollywood. Uh, It was called Small Space Big Style for uh, California Home Design Magazine. One of my designers uh, specified that Metro rug which was just gorgeous one of them i think we all just sat on there and we all just took pictures where there it. It was the first time that i i'd ever really been exposed to to cow and your work and it was amazing said like, wait a minute where's this from i'd never i'd never seen it before it was exquisite it was extraordinary and i think that people are kind of realizing it's wait a minute texas isn't just big wide open spaces with a lot of brick houses there's actual some remarkable work here it has always bothered me that the, the industry, trade the publications, haven't given more attention. If you look at the AD100, and I know that we've been right. recognized, but it's not, is it enough? I really don't think it is. I think that so much of the work is extraordinary and unique in and of itself. You know, Jan, back to you, you've, you've seen the ebbs and flows. Um, is the exposure good? And how do you, as, as a creator, sort of craft that narrative to, to get Texas her due.
3: Well I I would venture to say that right now you would not find a state that is more doing more design work than we are in Texas. Because heard said, I mean, look at look at what's happening in Austin. It's, it's impossible to to get a house almost. And I go through this with clients all the time. I've just got it with my daughter uh, in Fort Worth. I mean, people are bidding and then they get into bidding yeah. wars and it's just nuts. I don't really think that we have to, I don't even think about us needing to compete, really. I don't think about that. I guess I should think about the fact that maybe we don't get our due. But I always feel like, I always feel like we do. I mean, I maybe I'm... I don't know I don't know am I frozen it,
0: yeah you well and by the way you are a little bit but I, I do think it's fair to say part of this whole thing the reason we do it virtually is because we had to and you've you've got a, a granddaughter doing high doing schoolwork from there and listen this is life this I is this is
3: granddaughter doing, doing her UT class here because she had to come here yesterday for we had a we had a thing for a photo shoot for a book and she's upstairs at way at the, Other end of this house, and I guess it's affecting this because I never have a problem with Zoom. I'm so sorry, I (laughs) can no, no Um,
0: problem. It's 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 part of life, Lauren. I'm curious your thought. Do you when it's sort of a two part question, isn't it? It's like getting Texas her due versus the need to actually compete. I don't think you need to compete with anybody. I I think the quality of the work is world-class and extraordinary.
2: Well, you know, it is interesting because um, I spend half of my time in New York. I have a home in Montauk, which is at the very, very eastern tip of Long Island. Um, So I spend a lot of time in New York. And I do think that New York, um, as much as Texans are an independent world, so are New Yorkers. New Yorkers is a complete, you know, it's a whole world unto itself, and and they don't look outside that world. And sometimes Texans don't look outside our world. And you know, honestly, we don't really need to. You know, we want to, and we want others to understand it. But you know, at the end of the day, does it really matter? You know, we have amazing work. We work all over the world. We work under the radar. My goodness, you know, all of our client list is probably, you know, from Bill Gates to, you know, um, New York Stock Exchange to Goldman Sachs to Lloyd Blankfein. I mean, our client list is amazing but you know we don't live in the upper east East side but you know (laughs) it doesn't matter but um I don't think about us getting our due, but I do, again, spend a lot of time in New York and it is very New York focused. And I do think though, to their credit, you know, that's why Kips Bay wants to get out. That's why they wanted to do Dallas. You know, I think that the the press and the people in New York are like, oh gosh, you know, maybe there is another world out there. You know, maybe there is something going on besides, you know, just just in Manhattan. And you hear the press all the time say, I want to get out. I want to get out. But you know, They don't have the funds to come fly and see us and see our projects and travel them and all of that kind of good stuff. So, you know, um, and part of this whole COVID thing is they couldn't even get out and see their own things, you know, in, in Manhattan. So I actually think that the whole COVID thing 2020 Um, And I know you guys all participate in a lot of these. It's brought some attention to, you know, other cities and other designers that might not have had the attention that they would have had that. Yeah, because otherwise the press would have been going to breakfast, lunch and dinner. In Manhattan, and they wouldn't have been, you know, participating in some of these more far-reaching um, environments. I think, you know, I think COVID was a bad thing, and we are all extremely lucky, and we need to, you know, just really count our blessings. So many people were not, but I do think that, you know, we do have to look at it and realize it opened up some pretty serious and pretty wonderful things. And you know, though it was awful, you know, you can look back at it and go, it was also kind of incredible. You know what it opened up. I, again, Glass. I'm good at that. Getting off track.
1: <laughs> Glass is half full, right?
2: Yeah. You know,
3: yeah. Always.
0: <laughs> at the same time, I think I think it's also really interesting. You know, sometimes the best the best way to to plan forward is to look back. And let's remember that, you know, you know it's really interesting. I, I, in having these conversations, at the start of this thing, people would say, well, these are unprecedented times. And it got me thinking, and I even started saying, and say, yeah, these are unprecedented times. And then I started having more and more of these conversations and it kind of dawned on me that these are not unprecedented times. We've had a pandemic. We didn't live through it, but we've had a pandemic. We've had financial issues. Who else do you know of what other state in the union has, has had more ebbs and flows than Texas with, with the oil booms and the oil busts, the money coming in, the money going out, um, you know, Harvey, Katrina, I just you name it. You have, you have as many, if not more issues than we have in California where people say, oh, well, the earthquakes and the fires and the floods, you all have them too. And we've had financial crisis we've had employment issues we've been through all of this before we didn't live through the pandemic but what's interesting about the pandemic is you look at the spanish flu you look at what came out of that from design and architecture use of subway tile um, in, in, inside a residential environment the the you know taking out porous wood from from bathrooms and kitchens for the most part and putting new materials like linoleum just all of the the new the 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 idea that what later became the the mudroom, you know, is now a place where Amazon can come and drop off the packages, and you don't really have to have all of that exposure. What we're doing now is simply amazing, and I I love that when it comes to forward thinking, designers like you and and you have you have all sort of trailblazed your own path. So I'm curious, knowing that. What's next? Fern, what do you, I'm, I'm curious, what do you see that your clients are asking for from you now that maybe they weren't asking for a year ago?
4: Well, one is absolutely a great place to work from home. That's, that's it. And in Texas, um, where is the generator going to be? (laughs) That's at every single site meeting I've been to in the last three weeks. Where's the generator? Including yeah. my Meadowbank project, Summer I'm like,
2: "Oh, yeah."
0: yeah. <laughs> What's that, Lauren?
4: We used to just worry about
2: that August, September. Now, evidently, we have to worry about it in, you know, <laughs> the yeah, winter exactly.
3: too. <laughs>
0: for Elon Musk is bringing his crew down to y'all. Uh, what about the power wall? Our clients now asking asking about, you know, power walls. Are you seeing more requests for solar? Yes. Are you integrating and, that more into the projects?
4: Yes, actually, one of our clients is. Um, it's kind of the, the guy that has done the most with solar energy in a residential market um, and sold his company to Tesla. It's the Tesla solar business. And so I've really been trying to pick his brain about because he is devoted to explaining to people and educating people how you can use solar energy on a house and integrate it into the architecture so that it's not hideously ugly. How do you hide it? How do you make it efficient? You know, where we can still use it um, because, you know, whether the state of Texas wants to admit it or not, we're having climate change. So, um, you know, there's the forces like that that are coming into town, I think, um, have enough credibility that people will now listen to them, Um, even maybe the state government. You know, it's like my my insurance agent told me the other day he was retiring and he's like fourth generation Austinite. Um, He's 70 years old. And he said, I'm going to get out of this business before there's no insurance left. Because the, he, he says, you know, I'm a conservative Republican. And I'm like, I know. And he said, and the only conservative Republicans that believe in climate change are insurance agents. <laughs> so that's, and we laughed I and mean, was like, oh. that's really happening. So I think all of those things are going to have to be integrated into, you know, I don't want to see solar panels, but I understand that we that we need that kind of technology, you know? So I think that um, these people bring so much to the table that wasn't here before that that I'm hopeful that things will change.
0: Jen, can you have balance between luxury design and environmentally friendly products?
3: That's a really good question. I think we'll figure it out. I don't know that we have yet. I think we figured some things out, but I don't think we figured everything out. And I think architects are working on that as we speak all the time. And I think, you know, designers are too, but, but I think architects probably more than we are. Uh, but I definitely think it's gotta happen. And I think people are realizing and the more, the more natural disasters we have, the more, I mean, this ice thing that we had two weeks ago, three, four, three weeks ago, oh my gosh, that was the craziest thing ever. And, uh, you know, look at the damage it did. So anyway, I, I think, yes, we've got generators coming out of that for sure and, and other things, but also solar panels, wind, all that, it's gotta happen. And people were making fun of it and saying that caused the problems that we've had, uh, you know, with the ice and all that, that's not correct.
4: And, and the other thing that, um that I, I think is also people are starting to clue in on is, you know, we've we've all all gotten to where we we eat better, right? We don't eat processed food anymore. And we understand that we need to exercise things that I didn't really grow up thinking about. Um, yeah. And the other component of that is that uh, when you're building a house or you're working in an enclosed environment that your air quality is really, really important. And there's all these studies out there that link Alzheimer's to, you know, poor air quality in your homes, especially in older women. I mean, just just it's really it's it's crazy. But, you know, I live in a 1930s house. I My office is a 1930s bungalow. It has normal builder AC in it. Um, It's full of, I'm sure the ducks are full of mold. So there's so much science out there now that in Austin, they're actually really, people are really starting to stop and take a look at that. It's an investment on the front end, but it's an investment in your health and, and indoor air quality that I think the more people have been home in the past year, the more they've realized that well, maybe my allergies would be better if I upgraded this or I upgraded that. And so I see people being really willing to spend money on things that you cover up and you don't see. They're not decorative, but they enhance the way we live.
0: Let's let's cross that bridge a, a little bit more. I, I'm it's an it's an interesting idea, Lauren. Do you do you see the same thing? And I'm wondering if because there's such outside influence for you, because you have offices in LA and New York and elsewhere, you know where where wellness and you know the ideas behind that, where you really get this focus on air. What are the what are the new the new things that we're looking at? Air quality, water quality, noise pollution, light pollution. You know, saving the environment is is kind of like if you do the right things anyway, it'll it'll kind of solve for itself a little bit, right? With the influence that you have, do you bring that back to to Texas? Are you being asked for those types of things?
2: Well, it is interesting because you live in in uh, California, and certainly the whole wellness thing. We've been doing that in offices for. 15, 18 years. And, you know, New York and Texas and other states really have not adopted that until just very recently, have they even started talking about wellness. You know, everyone knows about LEAD, but a few people until COVID really even talked about wellness. And if you go back and look at those guidelines, there's a lot in there, both with LEAD and with wellness that probably could have prevented a lot of you know disease spread that has happened and certainly could prevent a lot more so you know offices are quicker to adopt those things because you know the owners of those offices are liable for those employees and so they are quicker to adopt those standards so we work in wellness and we work in lead absolutely all the time now hotels are slower and certainly residences don't think about it but in a residence you're automatically healthier because you can open that window You can step outside unless you're in a high rise. Um, And natural fresh air done now, you know, is the best thing that you can do for a healthy environment. For years, our buildings have not been pumping in enough fresh air. They've been circulating too much. They've been circulating impure, dirty, unhealthy air. And so, you know, if there's the one take of this COVID thing, get the air clean, please, you guys. So there is starting to be a lot of pressure from the office tenants uh, to tell their buildings, we're not going to sign the lease until we see a, you know, four page document on what on earth you're doing to make this building healthier than it used to be. So there's a lot of it in the office world a little bit of it in the hotel world is starting to come out because the hotels want an edge. And so when my hoteliers say, you know, what, what edge, what can we do? Well, you know, how can we get the business? I'm like, clean it up. You know um, let's go, let's make operable windows. Let's add some more fresh air intake. Let's revamp the HVAC systems. Let's really make it better. Not just look better. So I think that um, in your first question, I guess, I guess your question to Jan was, you know, can we have environmentally healthy um, environment and have luxury? We're going to have to, and, 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 you, and you can. Um, it's just really taking, uh, you just have to really look for it and, and strive for that. And you know, we've spent our whole last, since the 70s, you talk about the 70s, since the 70s trying to hold outside air out and you know, make us hermetically sealed. Well, it kind of turns out that was a bad thing. <laughs> you know, we need the fresh sure. We need to get outside. So we're we're going full circle here.
0: <laughs> the one thing that I will that I will also say is, and the last thing is, as we start to sort of run towards the end of this. I wanted to I wanted to ask you about resources. Um, and, and it's it's kind of funny too because we it's a it's dovetailing nicely on the last thing we were talking about ha- having so many. Uh, designers and architects that I've spoken to, on both coasts, specifically here in Southern California, you know, they talk to me all the time about the fact that they have clients. Their clients will run out to Arizona to go buy their toilets and then bring them back to California, just because they try to circumvent the the rules and regulations. So showerheads and toilets and fixtures, they're running out to to Arizona, New Mexico to buy them. Uh, but I think it it all sort of comes home to resources, right? By the same token. Partner of mine that I've been working with for years, a company called Thermosol. Kyle, he's a neighbor of yours now, out in uh, out in Round Rock, and they they make they make steam showers. So it's the it's. I'm starting to see a lot of that come into Texas, and I wanted to ask you specifically, all three of you, and and Jen, I can start with you. Is the resources available to you? You know, you had mentioned earlier when we were talking that, uh, you know, you had gone and done. You're looking forward to trips back to. Europe so that you can go, go source and see new things. Texas is so amazing. You can drive, you can drive down to Marfa and just get inspired. You can go to, go to Round Top, but has Roundtop Top become picked clean? I mean, have people sort of discovered has Austin become sort of that place where be, you have so many people moving in from out that you're, you're losing the ability to find authentic, um, original, Texas pieces and then conversely the same token you've got someone like Kyle who is producing something uniquely Texan that is that is perfect for you know for any type of architectural style wherever in the world it happens to be. Talk to me about the resources that you have within the state and I, I think mentioning that Kips Bay is now coming into Texas I think that says a great deal but Jan talk to me about resources.
3: We have Texas is full of resources. We have so many. I mean, I manufactured, I've i manufactured a furniture line for almost 25 years and it is all Texas resources. I, I don't know if every piece of wood is, I have to admit, I'm not sure about that. But I do know that it's made in Texas. I know that we have the skills here to do it. And I'm very proud of that. The only thing that's made... Uh, in, in Italy in Europe is in Italy uh, is the Murano glass lamps uh, lamp bases the rest of the lamps put together here um, I, have, I have I feel like we do have the resources to do almost anything I mean I, I can't imagine what we don't have other than you know some items like a Murano glass we're going to say are you're talking about natural resources but we do have so many natural resources um, and I also think that we are um, way ahead of what most people think as far as manufacturing is concerned in Texas. I mean, way ahead. I
0: just want to say one thing. I, I brought up natural resources for sure, but I think, Jan, your your point is is well taken. And and, Jan, and for an, I, I am curious your take on that, especially because of where you are and because of how tech has sort of develop within your environment in particular.
4: Well, me being based in Austin, I'm always incredibly jealous of people like these two here that have all these resources at their fingertips in Houston or in Dallas, because <laughs> I leave in the morning and go, I drive all day. You know, I drive for three hours. I work all day and I drive home. If we're talking about design resources, um, I think Texas has so much to offer. Sure. Um from from a design standpoint, Austin doesn't have like the showrooms here that Houston and Dallas have. And Dallas has a lot more than Houston does. So this w- and why I go to Dallas most of the time. Austin has quirkier things that I think each city has things that I go to. There are certain things I go to Houston for. There are certain things I go to Dallas for. Austin, the local talent here Aside from this guy up in the corner of my screen, (laughs) who is is, has world. You know, he's he's around the world. He's international at this point. And and truly his rugs look as good in Timothy Corrigan's, you know, um, home in Paris as they do here in Austin, Texas. But what Austin has, I think, is just um, local. Uh, craftspeople that are do amazing work. Um, Shota Yamaguchi is one who's a young guy that grew up in Amarillo, Japanese American, decided, I don't know, I just don't know how that happened out of Amarillo. He decided not to go to college. He found, uh, he wanted to build museum quality furniture. He decided to go do an apprenticeship program in London with a gentleman who's now passed away, but uh, very much uh, in in that vein of building world-class pieces. And he he spent four years there, and he moved to Austin. And he's 32 years old, and he brings samples to my house, and his little three-year-old brings them to the front door and puts them on the step. Um, I started talking to him. The first piece I, that he made for me was something that was inspired by Ruhlman. It was an Art Deco piece. Um, that we made out of Macassar ebony. And I told him I wanted to French polish on it. And he was like, but we don't want to do a real French polish. Like that would have been 32 coats of shellac sanded in between. I almost passed out that he knew exactly what I was talking about. Because there's a new way to do that where you get that depth, but it doesn't watermark the minute you put your glass on it. And then he built it, and it was perfect. And then he delivered it on time, and didn't call me the day before and tell me that it wasn't ready. It's like I need your stars. I need your stores <laughs> I will. I mean, that's part of what we're trying to do at Meadowbank is tell everyone who makes us look good. And he's one of my project partners. He's amazing. He's really amazing. So there's a lot of talent in Austin like that that are individual shops that are that are building pieces one at a time that are just beautiful. So.
2: You know, it's, it's really true. And, you know, you, you're in California. California is a maker community. There's amazing craftsmen. And we used a lot of and still do a lot of the local craftsmen in, in California. And there's amazing craftsmen in Houston. And I'm lucky to also live in New York where there's amazing maker communities in upstate New York. But, um, you know, sometimes you're searching for something and then someone goes, well, my buddy lives over in the Heights and he does that all the time. <laughs> like, oh, my God, I've been looking all over the place. And there he was, two miles from me. I so, love those stories. <laughs> yeah. There and there's a lot of amazing artists too. You know, one in particular, I buy their art and they make furniture for me. You know, and they're yeah. artists, you know, they're young artists and they're doing amazing things, paintings or whatever, sculptures, whatever yes. they do, but they also, you know, they're just not sitting there waiting to sell a piece of art. They're like, yeah, yeah, I can do that. I'm into this. Yeah. So it's really, you know, the beauty and I, I think, you know, we're closing in on the end here, but I think you know what Texas has that almost no other state or any it, it's, and someone mentioned it, be kind, several people said, be kind. It's the most amazing group of people who have each other's backs and an always a can do attitude. You know, it's never, no, I don't think so. It's always, well, right. let me see how I can do this. Let me figure <laughs> yeah. this out. Yeah. And so that's, that's really the beauty of it. That's,
4: so true. that's our best strength. I think is, is that attitude um, of just being nice to each other. Yeah and saying yes i can help you yeah. you know i can do yeah. that i can figure this
2: out for you yeah <laughs> yeah
0: i feel like you just summed it up perfectly i think if i wanted anyone to know what is so special about texas about design in texas and about the the amazing creatives who make it all happen you nailed it you are genuine you are authentic you are caring, and you are immensely and incredibly dedicated and talented, and for that, um, I am so incredibly grateful that that you all could could make the time to have this conversation today. And and um, Kyle, I cannot thank you enough mm-hmm. for putting together. This mo this absolutely extraordinary group. I hope that invite for for chips and queso is still open, and and I hope we can make it a a, a group gathering.
1: Well, I certainly uh, I certainly hope you'll uh, ask us back for an encore. This has been uh, a lot more. Uh, it's been even more fun than I possibly could have imagined. <laughs> and, I, and I knew it'd be a barrel of monkeys with these three. I just didn't knew it'd be a whole bunch of monkeys. Uh, but this has just been super. And Josh, thanks for letting us show up like this and do this with you. I really appreciate it.
0: Thank you for doing it. I am I am eternally grateful. Um, Fern, Lauren, Jan, Kyle, thank you so much. Thank you, Lauren, Fern, Jan, and Kyle. This was amazing. Thank you, Walker Zanger and Thermosol for your support. And thank you for subscribing and downloading the show. And if you're not already, please subscribe so you catch every episode of Lone Star House of Design and Convo by Design the moment they're published. You can also ask your smart speaker to play Convo by Design, and it will. It's like magic. And if you really want more, follow along, convobydesign.com and at convobydesign with an X on Instagram. For show inquiries, sponsorship, and guest inquiries, email me, convobydesign at outlook.com. Be well, and until next week,
3: try to remember to take today first. (laughs)